0: Happy holidays, all of that stuff. Welcome back to the show. Glad you're with us. I'm Garen Emig of Sellout Crowd. This is Mind Games. This is uh, my podcast weekly, a weekly occurrence on the Sellout Crowd Network. Thank you so much for tuning in, as always. This is one I'm really looking forward to uh, for a lot of reasons. I'll get to the the reasons and the guest in just a second. But first, business calls, duty calls. And I must thank, it's my honor to thank our sponsors, FireLakeJobs.com, NextGen Roofing, 988 Oklahoma's mental health lifeline that's important especially during the holiday season folks use it it's there for a reason and uh the holiday season can be rough on people please use it two fellas movers mid first bank the national cowboy and western heritage museum and of course oklahoma ford dealers drive in your best in oklahoma ford dealers today for the best deals on ford's whole lineup of suvs and trucks ford is the best in oklahoma ian mall is with me He's someone that if you there he is if you if you've ever picked up a Tulsa well not ever if you picked up a Tulsa World between the years two thousand fifteen and twenty two you didn't see his byline or his uh, caption name next to his photos you certainly saw his artwork and it was artwork I don't mind using that uh, that term he was with me covering the Sooners most of that time and as uh, he shot other heads of state and dignitaries and things and foods and comics and and uh connoisseurs but we brought him on mind games to dig into his time photographing baker mayfield kyler murray jalen hurts and the oklahoma sooners i think you'll enjoy him i do and if you don't there's your first new year's resolution it's a personality requirement uh that that, uh, that you need to undergo uh, i mean i'm this- only on
1: one time so if you don't like me it's fine like you can no, just no
0: this guy's as <laughs> genuine as they come ian it is beautiful to see you my friend how are you
1: I am well. Uh it is uh my first like kind of winter holiday out here. I live in Las Vegas now, so it's a little strange just to see like the strip doing Christmas stuff and everything like that. I had to um I'm photographing stuff at the Las Vegas Bowl this week, so uh um I had to listen to a lot of Elvis yesterday. Uh pretty you know, 'cause that is just very much what they try to pimp out and stuff here. So uh <laughs> yeah, but things are good. Um, you know weird holiday season obviously like with it being on the 23rd and stuff with uh like kind of we're leading right up to it so but besides that yeah no it's been great that's utah versus northwestern right you're- it's a thrilling game of a lot of just inside zone option yeah it's just gonna be fantastic it's just like it's just gonna be quarterbacks that you're like oh that's neat like they're gonna like they go on to do very successful things outside of football but yeah, it's a, I call it a good offensive lineman game. I'm sure Northwestern has, like, the top-rated guard in the country or something like that. They always yeah. seem to have, like, that kind of thing. But, no, yeah, I think that the the feeling here was obviously, um, you know, obviously you're happy with whatever it is. Utah's close. The fan base is always there. Yeah. Big Ten, when you get to that kind of section here, is always kind of odd. What's it, like, who you're going to pick? Because, like, you know, like, Northwestern and Purdue kind of probably have the same kind of footprint, same with, like, Rutgers or something like that. I think, like, the overwhelming overwhelming kind of, like, chatter that i had heard was like possibly USC just because of the USC of it all. I don't know if Oklahoma fans are familiar with USC or anything that's going on then, but um they had a quarterback that used to, yeah, used to play for Oklahoma. It was a quarterback. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: So head coach might be familiar too. Um, yeah. do
1: um so, you?
0: Yeah. You could have reconnected with Lincoln. I'm sure Lincoln would have been glad to see again, Ian.
1: So that's always my strain. That's always my odd thing with like what I did with my job is that like I spent a lot of like, personal one-on not like one-on-one time but like i was like physically next to people during these things and like my mom would always be like so like when i first started shooting for the world i was covering baker's first season and my mom would be like oh ian is friends with baker mayfield which is like <laughs> no like that's like saying when you go to a thunder game you're friends with chet because like you happen to be in the same building breathing at the right. same time right so like i thought baker for like three years and and his final big 12 title game in uh, Jerry World, they have, like, suites that are, like, field level, and he was waiting mm-hmm. for his parents, and he just got done running around the field and everything, and I was just standing there, and he's like, do I know you? And I'm like, Baker, I've photographed you for three years, and he's like, oh, nice to meet you. I'm Baker, and I'm like, I'm Ian. <laughs> And so, like, the next time I photograph him on the field is him walking off after losing that heartbreaker in the Rose Bowl. And there was a part of me that's like, maybe you shouldn't know who I am. Because like, he yeah. made direct eye contact with me. That's, and I was like, yeah, it's you again. Great. Well, it's also one of those things where I'm like, well, Baker, it's not really your fault that no one knows how to tackle. Um, Or that <laughs> your coach decided to run a couple of plays where there's nine pitches behind the line of scrimmage to get a yard. Yeah. But it's fine. Right. It's fine. It's not a big deal.
0: So. He is in Vegas now, and we 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 are, those of us lucky enough to work with him at the World, at Tulsa World, for years, and included me primarily, but also Eli Letterman, a colleague of, of mine at Sellout Crowd. He's our OU beat writer. We would always say, "Well, it's gonna our, our you know Stan's gonna run out of the hourglass soon. We're we're not gonna be so lucky forever. He is gonna take a job at a bigger city in a bigger market and shoot bigger things, and and that's that's what he's up to out out in Las Vegas. But he was uh, in our midst uh, when, when we were lucky enough to have him those uh, eight years um again a lot of my time spent with this guy was with the Sooners on the beat and it did start with Baker didn't it Baker Mayfield came in with you I mean for and for a while you were sort of synonymous with each other because he he did a lot of photogenic things I I I think you've heard that
1: yeah no I could say that he's probably like probably the best player to photograph because like the way I would describe photographing Bakers, so like my first game of the world, I'd never been to o- Oklahoma Stadium or anything like that. I went to school for photojournalism. I was familiar with sports. I had covered a little bit of BYU because I was out in Provo. Um, I'm not Mormon, which is always a fun story if anybody wants to contact me about like what it's like to live in Provo, not being Mormon. It's yes. a hoot. um There's so many varieties of milk you can drink. Um, so you, we get to a point where like we're there and, like, OU's a, and I had kind of known that like, OU, I had a friend in college who was an OU fan. And, they weren't really that good. They were just kind of middling of the pack. It seemed like a little bit of that time kind of the wheels were kind of spinning. And then I remember my editor was like, Hey, they've got this new walk on. He's probably going to suck. If his name is Baker, you should go photograph him. And They played Akron and it's hard to evaluate anyone against Akron because it's Akron like right. they're fighting their own battles and they're fl- and, you know, they're a Mac school and you're playing OU and stuff like that.
2: Right.
1: But then um, they had went and played Tennessee and I'd watched a little bit of that. And I was like, eh, this guy can kind of play. And he also had a good supporting cast with uh, Samaje and Sterling um, around him and stuff like that. And then I think it was the – I think it might have been, like, West Virginia at home that year, and I could be wrong about that. Um, But there was a – it wasn't West Virginia because they were on the road. There was just about midway through the season when I came back, and uh, I just told my editor, I'm like, I think this guy's really, really good. And like, And he's, like, good in a college kind of way, which is just, like, in college around, like, with pros, Mm -hmm. like, When you I look at college sports, I'm always just like you have to trust how responsible a 21 year old can do a job, which is like for with most college athletes is a really well job. But like I remember what I was like when I was 21, I just would sometimes just like not be able to do things I was supposed to. And like Mm -hmm. Baker is very good at just kind of like evaluating the field and doing those kind of things. Right. What I liked the most about Baker was he was a fun guy that was like a wrestling heel, but like he never really did anything that was like super like morally wrong. Like Mm -hmm. he got arrested for. Being drunk in college, which if that was the case, then I should have a very long sentence. Um, for right. what I was doing Yeah. Right. Um, so it was really easy to like kind of playfully hate Baker, mm-hmm. you know, it was this idea. He reminded me very much of like a Hulk Hogan and kind of stuff. Um, mm-hmm which was fun to photograph because he was someone that loved to run his mouth. He was somebody that had a chip on their shoulder. Right. I think OU had maybe fallen into a little slump, maybe nationally. And granted, I can't wait for people to be like, no, ou has been great ever forever. Um, they weren't, no, they, they weren't great the year before Mayfield got there. And, exactly. got. and I think they needed a little bit of an edge. And I think he kind of brought back a little bit, like in college, I, uh, my second major was involved in a lot of like studying media trends and things like that. And one of the things I wrote about was eighties football and, Barry Switzer was a part of it. And I think you saw a little bit of that swagger come back with Baker. Mm-hmm. So he was a blast to shoot that way, man. And like the thing about you kind of fed off that. And then it was just such a hard shift because you get someone like Kyler Murray, who is the most confident man I've ever met under six foot, probably over six foot. Because like where Baker would kind of let you know how good he is. Kyler would let you do it, but just like with a straight face. And it's almost like there were a couple of times where I thought Kyler was legitimately bored playing football at mm-hmm. oklahoma he just looked that much better which is shocking because he is a small guy mm-hmm. like and you just when you can see someone that small just be that like not be scared or not react or just be confident in the ability of like no i'm not only going to outrun you i'm going to embarrass you it's like yeah god yeah crazy
0: <laughs> yeah yeah well here's the thing you start with a quarterback and it's cool when the the sort of the leader of the band has has a little personality to him, and certainly has a flair the way he plays. And and mm-hmm. you were you were lucky in the fact that you got Mayfield, then you got Murray, and then Jalen Hurts, and then Caleb Williams. Uh, it, it, not to discount Spencer Rattler at all, but I I, I sort of equate Rattler to COVID, which almost me which sort of means like he exists sort of in a, in a mythical term because yeah, I mean
1: like, like,
2: it,
0: cause it seemed like it, football existed mythically in twenty. Yeah, you know, COVID 21. was
1: super odd, and especially coming off of you know you get Jalen Hurts and. God, who would have thought that like in that run of, you know, seven years, you could say that Jalen Hurts is possibly the second worst quarterback that OU has in that time period Mm -hmm. Of everyone we've listed, you know, um, the thing that stood out to me about Jalen Hurts was he looked so much like a 90s R&B star. He would just was wearing a lot of velvet, (laughs) a lot of like earrings. He just, he looked like somebody that like was going to cut an album that said like too bad, like on the front of like, that's what I was always saw with him. Yeah, Yeah. But it was just such a different shift because he was good, but he was not the same as Kyler. He was not the same as Baker. He was much more, it seemed like a power runner. Obviously, we're seeing this in the NFL and stuff like that. Um, And then a lot more of just like where Baker was playful and then Kyler was kind of like more quiet. He was just intense. He seemed like the most intense quarterback of that three in terms of his kind of demeanor on the field. Mm -hmm. And then like when Spencer shows up, again, it's COVID. It's weird he has a really good season that year he goes and they go to the cotton bowl they play a good time it's an odd year already you know you're shooting from the stands and you're like should we be doing this should anyone be doing this and then sure you see caleb come up and i just remember thinking i was like it's gotta end sometime right like they can't just keep getting first round draft pick quarterbacks and then like jalen was like a third round pick but like he's probably going to win an MVP sometime in his career coming up. Like, you know, so mm-hmm. it's this odd thing where it's like, I think that's what was so funny about the season with Spencer and Caleb. That was kind of, you know, quote unquote, tumultuous. Some people would say it's like, they lost two games and everyone was like, what's happened. It's like, I don't know, man. Like you have two starting. Co- like I just imagine that happening. And then like anyone else in the big 12 being like, we'd love to have your problem. We'd love to have two mm-hmm. starting quarterbacks. And I think that's what was so interesting covering my last season with Dylan. Um, When I was there, which was like Dylan is a good quarterback and nothing against Dylan Gabriel and stuff, but we're talking about like Heisman winning quarterbacks, Mm -hmm. guys that are dynamic and just how a little bit of the fan base was like, is Dylan the guy? And it's like, what do you mean is Dylan the guy? Like he's a good, like you've had nothing but great. That's the problem. Like it was very much like a spoiled, a little bit of a spoiled fan base at the most important position. I mean, it's one thing. To be like, wow, we've had the greatest offensive lineman, but like, look how happy Iowa is with that. Like, they're not really yeah. that happy about it. So.
0: Right. You referenced, Ian, uh, something that, again, I think a lot of folks outside our world are confused by. And that is, you know, it's not a necessarily re- a relational business we're in. It can't be because we don't get to see these guys outside of, you know, media opportunities, right? You don't get to see them outside of or didn't get to see the Sooners in particular for the sake of the show outside those, those game days. Yeah, uh, with with a few exceptions, and we can talk about that before we're, you know before the program ends. But you don't. It's not like you know you're dapping anyone up, right? It, it, it on the field before the game. It's it's not. Yeah, I, it it just wasn't like that. As many times as you shot Mayfield, he has to sort of refamiliarize himself with you after his last Big Twelve championship game. It's not like you you left behind when you left Tulsa. You left behind a relationship with. Uh, with uh, Lincoln Riley or, or would have with Bob Stoops if he'd kept coaching. That just, that just, that just isn't allowed to happen
1: is what you're saying. No Lincoln personally called me and I told him he should go to USC. I was like, yeah, it's a good market. I think you do better in the sunshine. LSU had me and I was like, you're just not a Southern guy. Like you just can't do it. No, I think that's what's so odd is that you have kind of this odd intimate, you know, I'm seeing possibly at that time, their best or worst days of their lives, you know, kind of things in terms of these situations. And you are seeing some of these players kind of grow up. And I think the thing that is so alarming for that is you can hear kind of the criticism that some of these people have towards players. And it's like when you get to see them up front, like, you know, I'm 32 right now. So I started shooting. I would have been 24 when I was shooting with the Sooners when I first started covering them. And just how, like, young those kids and then when you're on TV, especially with football, you can't really see them. They, they've, mm-hmm. you know, got these, you know, all, all the gear on and everything. And then when like someone takes off their helmet, and you're like, oh my god, like, like uh, you know, Orlando Brown's kind of got a baby face. Like that's mm-hmm. weird that this hulking mass of a man is a baby. Yeah. And things like that. And so no, you don't have a really personal relationship with these guys and stuff. You uh, I mean they kind of see you whatsoever the way I shoot and kind of I try to be as close as possible and i'm trying to get those moments stuff. i think they notice you the only player i would say i had close to a relationship with was a guy named isaiah thomas we did a feature on him at the tulsa world that's right He went yeah. to memorial memorial is a tps school sure um, they're not that good at football and but isaiah was really good and so we did this whole thing called back to school where we actually were at memorial high school they let us um they let us use um the entire school um to kind of shoot like a back to school kind of thing mm-hmm. and he was there and he was just really thankful really cool guy and everything and then so then i'd seen him after his after the spring game and he was like hey man you took my photo thank you so much and he was the only player i felt somewhat comfortable Mm -hmm. we near the end near senior year we would maybe do like a quick high five or something like that because i also like try to ride that line of like my job is to cover them i don't want to be a fan and like unfortunately in terms of football people make mistakes and people don't make the right choices off the field as well too and i never wanted to be seen as somebody who was like you know i never wanted that to come back to bite me when it comes to objectivity and also like as a journalist i can tell you if you were to look at my portfolio or look at my work i have probably more photos of people being sad than being happy Mm -hmm. so it was just an odd occurrence like covering that like you have to kind of have this connection with them you actually kind of want to be kind of stay away from them in this kind of field because you almost just want to blend in and just let things happen. I always think it's so. I always thought it was so weird when players, when I would see members of the media on the sideline and stuff, um, be like, "Yeah, man, like that guy's awesome," or like, "Oh, he's a really nice guy." And like even here in Las Vegas, we were covering a preseason game, and someone was like, "Yeah, Jimmy and I are, you know, like Jimmy's a really good guy," and I'm like, "Jimmy with." garoppolo that's what you're talking about like you and oh yeah you and jimmy do dinner right like you guys are fr- like it's so odd how some people will jump into this industry and try to be like i'm gonna attach myself to these people and it's like this is his job like jimmy garoppolo and you like are like not close and it's fine i mean which we should all be closer to jimmy garoppolo he's an extremely handsome young man or not even <laughs> young anymore like middle-aged like, that man is risking his brain when he could easily just male model. Like yeah. he could just do that for the rest of his life and be fine. But um, I was living the dream. He's just sitting on the bench yeah. living in Vegas. You yeah. said something
0: interesting. You always do. But in particular, just a little bit ago, you're there for these guys' best moments and their worst. Did you ever – I think anyone who covers college athletes, and I know it's becoming less college by the, by the week. With every court case, the NCAA loses and has yeah. to own up to the fact that it's not an amateur – Enterprise any longer. It is just an enterprise, but there's still 18. As, as Mike Gundy always refers to them in Stillwater, 18 to 22 to 23 year olds. Did you, did you? Was there ever a game, ever a point, ever a moment where you thought, "I feel a little uneasy shooting this. I'm going to do it because it's my job," but I kind of wish I didn't have to.
1: I mean, obviously, in a perfect world, everybody wins. But like, it's this odd situation of like, um. answer like to answer your question this may sound kind of harsh but really no
2: Mm
1: -hmm. um because i have photographed people on their worst days like realistically i have photographed unfortunately like murders and people dying and so right right i'm sure the podcast would love to like let's really just change the tone here um but no when once you photograph that once you see people truly at their lowest people who i mean i've had people that i photograph be honestly say you know with the look in their eyes that were like i have no idea how to go on If your worst day is losing the Rose Bowl, that's an awesome life. I would love to lose the Rose Bowl. How cool would that be to lose the Rose Bowl, right? And this is what I tell a lot of parents in high schools when they go to the state championship game and I photograph if our team loses. And I had a couple people in the community when I worked in Tulsa be like, you know, why did you photograph my son like that? You know, coaches get mad. And I was like, I never got a chance to lose the state championship game. I never got a chance to play in the state championship game. I never got a chance to go play in the semifinals or anything what an awesome moment to have. And I know your kid feels bad about that right now, but like, you know, it's like, um, you know, the quote of loved and lost and to have never loved at all. And stuff mm-hmm. like that's, that's amazing. I mean, I, so I don't really ever feel bad because I think the only times I ever felt bad photographing, maybe at the collegiate level was if it's a smaller kind of lower, quote unquote, lower level sports, which are my favorites, like in wrestling, you can easily tell when it's like, this is this last guy's probably, time competing at this level in this way he's not going to go to the olympics he's not going to be on the usa team there's no real avenue after that i think there's that um and i think if somebody gets hurt i think that was the only time that it only really sucked and it was yeah. mainly because of the structure of the ncaa you know if you blew your knee out i photographed oh god who was the there was a baylor quarterback who got his leg snapped in half and norman um who was that it was it was right around when they had um Patty, um was it stidham maybe
0: i can't remember man
1: it was right around that time i remember, I remember I
0: never, trevor Knight got really hurt against baylor
1: yeah so i never photographed trevor but yeah, i it was, was, photograp-
0: was a year before you got there right right yeah right. Yeah, yeah, yeah
1: yeah um katie perry told me explicitly not to photograph him <laughs> um, people love that what now 14 year old reference at this time um so no i um like he got his leg snapped in half and it was bad. And I got the photo of it like breaking. And so there's a weird element of like, wow, what a, this is a defining moment. But at the same time, like, I hope that kid's okay. Like, that's the only time I ever felt kind of bad was when it was like an injury. Because it's like, I hope that this doesn't affect the way he lives the rest of his life kind of thing. So, yeah. I think it was Stidham now that I think about it. Because I, I, cause I remember,
0: yeah, I think we ran photos at the world. And, and it got to a point where like, do we need to use that one any longer? Exactly. Yes, yeah. Yeah. I think everyone's got the idea. I think it, it might have been Stidham. If people yeah. assume that your favorite games are going to be the big ones—Rose Bowl, Orange Bowl, playoff, semifinal, OU, Texas, Bedlam—and you've covered and in the time you shot the Sooners, I mean, it's, it felt like they were all like you know forty-eight, forty-seven, like last team with the ball wins festivals. Yeah. Is it that easy? Is it that easy for you to say, yeah, yeah, those were my favorite games? Because uh, sometimes all that does is bring on stress for those of us on deadline. (laughs) It's not so you don't pivot right away to, yeah, it wasn't as favorite as you, as you think it might be. What what would you say to that?
1: Yeah. So like, it's uh, like the Rose Bowl is the only venue I've been to. I've been doing this since I was about uh, 20 years old. It's about 12 years now that I've been doing it for newspapers. So I don't really get dumbfounded as much or like starstruck. Um, The Rose Bowl was the only building I'd been to where like, I remember I walked out and it was like kind of cotton candy skies. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, Oh, damn this is football like grass is really grass is always greener sky is always
2: bluer at the rose bowl
1: i was like we i'm like we're just gonna run wing t the entire time right (laughs) let's let's do this the way that we were supposed to um and that was a great game it's funny i mean not to offend any ou fans but um the playoff games were all kind of like not that competitive except for the rose bowl that's right like facts are facts it was very exciting and it would be like Boy, this is really exciting! And then you would look up and be like, "They lost by three touchdowns." Or in the case of LSU, they lost in the first quarter. Like it was just the LSU game. I just remember like texting my editor, being like, "Do I have to come back in the second half?" Like, <laughs> and like that LSU team is the greatest team I've ever personally seen play. Like uh-huh. there was, I think I could have played quarterback on that team and I would have beaten, won the national championship. Like, that's how good that team was. Right. My, even if you take away the Heisman winner, Joe Burrow. Yeah. I would say, like, some of my favorite games. I mean, I covered the Baker Mahomes game, in which I heard Patrick Mahomes say the craziest thing in his career, which is they had his stat line that was like 797 yards passing or whatever. And he's like, Yeah, I feel like I could have done more. Where it's like, No, you couldn't, man. Like, (laughs) at that point, someone could tackle. Like, at any point in time, you could have done something else. And so, no, I mean, they kind of blur together. Like, the game where Jalen leads them back from Baylor. I just remember, like, you know, we're on deadlines. That's a crunch. That's kind of the ESPN right? Game, right? right. And so I drop everything at half, and I'm like, hey, is this good? Like, And, you know, where uh, the paper at Tulsa didn't really have the set- settings to kind of be set up where, like, now I can send stuff a lot more live during the game. But I remember texting my editor and just being like, what can we use from the first half? And he's like, probably one photo. And so I had to drop and make sure that we got, like, nine more photos in the paper because the game was completely different. Um, What I think is funny though is when that stress hits and people kind of complain about it, and it's like, "Are you complaining about the job being good?" Like, I hear you. I hear I hear you. I can tell you the memory that I had the most, and unfortunately, I don't believe you were not there with me. You were up in Ames. Was when OU almost lost to Kansas. And this was before the leipold of it all. So, like, when Kansas beat OU this year, they were kind of – but this was a game where it was, like, I think KU had, like, three wins that year or two wins that year. And they were going to win. I was, like, texting the the group chat they were all in, and I was like, they're going to burn Lawrence to the ground. Like, (laughs) I'm not – I was dating somebody at the time, and I'm like, if KU wins, I'm not going to be home. I'm going to stay here. And I think, like, weird Roman law was going to be enacted, which is, like, whoever climbs the tallest building is the mayor of the city. Like, and then just to see that, like, and that that was weird because, again, like, I'm more of a fan now of just, like, if something weird or cool happens. So, like, when Caleb just rips that ball out of his running back's hands and just runs yeah. for the first down, I'm like, you can do that. And then, like, if you could do that, like, why haven't so many teams just enacted the reverse yeah. option play? Which is just, like, Lamar, just ripped the ball out of his hands. And just yeah, that's right. yeah, that's right. That's um, right. I'm going to
0: lay on one more moment for you to comment on. Mm-hmm. With and I'm going to bring us back to your boy Baker Mayfield, um, and I, and I just want you to paint not so much paint the picture, play by play style, but but what what you have to do to put yourself in position to be there for the shot or the moment as as a as a sports photographer, and you probably see where this is going. 2016 Ohio Stadium,
2: yeah,
0: Mayfield wins, or oh, Sooners win. Mayfield goes finds a oh, OU flag. And you know, makes the run around Ohio Stadium, the, the horseshoe, uh, and and plants it at midfield. And if if anyone calls up that that moment on on YouTube, they'll see you almost as much as they'll see Mayfield.
1: Yeah, uh, if anyone's ever seen that, I am the guy in the blue and orange striped shirt. Uh, I thought that was a good look at the time. Um,
0: <laughs> but well, no, I mean, what, how, how did you? Number one, is that was it just serendipity, or or did you put yourself in position to be essentially running alongside mayfield as he as he reached the, the o at midfield up there in columbus
1: yeah i put myself in position because i just like ran after make baker mayfield i mean i think that's a lot of this thing is that this job is a, it can be really fun and can be awesome it is a toll it can be physical i mean i am running with baker and again like obviously people like people do a lot more physical intensive labor and like me complaining about like, Oh, I had to go run with a quarterback in a big game. Sounds kind of like, you know, whiny, but no, like I see obviously the game at the score, I think they were, they won by double digits. So I kind of knew that the game was going to be over and stuff. And so obviously the Baker was kind of the storyline going into the season and it was going to kind of be the storyline carrying throughout the year. So I kept an eye on him and just started running and he just kept running and I'm, just running with him and he's running all around the stadium. And I realized that I need to work on cardio more and I'm just trying to also shoot. And then, so by the time you see him plant the flag, we have circumnavigated the, the stadium. We have covered every, like almost the outside. Like if we wanted to like measure this for the city of Columbus, we, I think I can give you a good estimation of how wide that field is. <laughs> um, Cause he kept running around and photographing that. And I think that's a big part of this job, which is um, I had a professor in college that said the greatest zoom lens you can get is your legs. And I had a photographer that um, I really admired that was talking to me. And he said, like, if you don't want to be, if you, if you stopped enjoying being there, then you should stop doing the job. Mm -hmm. And so just that moment of being there and running around. And like, I can tell you at the time, like I was sweaty, I was tired, but like, it was just so cool to do that. And it became this kind of, weird iconic thing and then it just kept popping up and this leads again to my mom because my mom will be like my mom for a while when I was covering OU would turn on OU games when she'd go out and be like my son is there and they would think my dad's six seven so they'd think your son plays for Oklahoma but like they're like no he's a photographer and everyone would be like very disappointed like extremely disappointed because it's like oh your son's not a football player your son just takes photos of it and I'm like yeah like that's just kind of what I do but no, I think you just got to put yourself in there and like, yeah. doing it and being there and just like I we're getting done. And then, but like, that's why I love this job is like, I get to be in that experience, you know, nothing against writers or anything or, um, but like, I wouldn't trade that moment because I remember what it's like following and running. And like, I remember, I think that was the first time that like, I remember a player acknowledging me while shooting because as he's like running and doing that and he kind of breaks to the field, Baker, like quickly kind of just said, like, could you keep up? And I was like, no, I can't. <laughs> At this point, I couldn't. When he was breaking to the field, I kind of fell behind. But yeah, photographing all that. And then again, you're playing the deadline game. You're thinking, yeah. all right, how long do I stay with this moment? Do I bail? Do I get what I can? What if the defining right. thing? And I, there's been a lot of times where you miss those things. And I think you also just kind of have to have like a little bit of like, you know, hitter mentality or, you know, basketball player mentality of like, hey, you know what? Didn't make this one. Just go back out there. Just got to go again and, you know, yeah. see what I can do. Where, um, Where'd you most like
0: to shoot over those eight years? Where, where did you really get a kick out of being? Either because Ooh, I can tell
1: you right now, and again, it feels like I'm ragging on OU and OSU. I'm not. Um, I was very thankful to cover those teams. Those stadiums suck to shoot in. Um, there is no space behind the benches. You cannot move, and there's a lot of uh, pageantry that goes around. Right. And so I think um, that stadium's really tough, and there's nothing you can do about it, too. Um, right. Like you know, I I know that. Oh, you. When they are planning the expansion of Gaylord Memorial, they're not going to be like, oh, you know what? We're going to like this photographer complain about space behind the bench. Yeah, <laughs> no, for sure. I hear you. Um, no. But I mean, some of my a place that I loved shooting. Um, let's see, Kansas State was always really interesting. It just seemed like this odd. I they played the Sooners pretty well every time I was there. Um, there's an odd thing. They do one of the strangest things, which is they read the preamble of the Constitution before the game, which is always <laughs> just wild to me. Like, in case you didn't know that Kansas was in America, uh, guess what? They're really going <laughs> to hammer it down. Um,
0: I like it because they serve chocolate and uh, strawberry milk in the press box. Oh, pot. my God. Yeah.
1: So. Um, I could say that, like, the Cotton Bowl is always interesting. The Cotton Bowl is also just one of those places where just, like, for some reason, it was always 99 degrees in October. And so, like, this year was a year I did not cover the Cotton Bowl. It was 65 or whatever. Yeah. And I remember being, like, i remember being just like disgusting and pink after games just like gross and I have to like sit in a car to drive to get home from down after four days and have, like you know for four, that four hour drive or whatever and i was like ugh. and of course the one year i'm not shooting it it's like beautiful and nice, so. yeah um yeah no i mean no no to be completely honest like not to be sentimental or anything my favorite trips my favorite place to shoot were the, with the road trips that involved you guys like those are yeah. my favorite things were just talking about you guys and and talking with you guys and just kind of that and the things that happened around it. Lawrence, Kansas is by far, I will be comfortable saying this on the record, the best Big 12 city in the country, or like in the conference, um, whether whoever just got added in. Um, Lawrence is amazing. That's a cool place. Everyone should go to a game in Lawrence at one point in time. One of my biggest regrets with the world is I never photographed at Fog. Yeah. Um, I really wanted to. I was really trying to push for it. They just never did. Um, but yeah, um, I would say I don't know, like Couple of the like non conference road trips. I mean we went to NRG, that was really kinda cool. NRG was cool just because I went to high school with a kid who was playing tight end for the Texans at the time. So it was kind of both like quote unquote we were working that day and like you know, kind of it was Hi. like he, I, remember I saw him and I was like, Hey CJ, he's like, What are you doing here? And I'm like, Oh, I'm working here and he's like, I yeah, kind of I do too <laughs> like kind of thing. So, um yeah.
0: You had uh it's, I'm trying to think of brushes with NFL greatness. Speaking of the Texans, J.J. Watt, right, once? Oh, Did...
1: J.J. Watt. That was, yeah. So I was not feeling well because of some choices I made the night before, and I thought I was going to throw up in front of J.J. Watt um, and DeAndre Hopkins. Um, I turned to J.J. Watt when I, like, got done running down the field, and he was behind me, and I said, you have to have identification to be on the sideline, and he, like, looked at me. Also, J.J. Watt is, like, just the it's strange that we're the same genetic makeup. You know what I mean? Like, technically, we're the same species, 99.9% of us. But J.J. Watt is not human. He's just this gigantic, mul- hulking mass of people. And this was right in the prime of J.J. Watt being a, d- a defensive nightmare. Yeah, right. And I, like, turned around, and I was like, I was kidding. And he was like, obviously. And He um he went to Wisconsin. I had a lot of friends who went to Wisconsin. So I said, like, a lot of my friends are big fans. So, but you just run into that. I ran into Antonio Brown at a West Virginia game. That's right. Yeah. And he was wearing an all lavender suit and I was I'm a Steelers fan. I said, Hey man, like go Steelers, and I was like, I like this and the guy said I like the suit or something. He's like, Yeah, I know I look good. Which was just kind of <laughs> like kind of maybe just a preview of the rest of his life kind of thing. Um, well,
0: back then you could get away with it. Uh that was that was I think Peak Antonio Brown you ran into. He oh, was he- yeah, I
1: think that was before the hit. No, it wasn't. It was after the hit. I think it was I, after
0: the hit. I just remember he was there for Hollywood, right? Hollywood was, Brown, yeah. yeah.
1: Um Yeah, no, I mean I've ran into a lot of people that were really kind of interesting. Matthew McConaughey, the last OU Texas I covered, I sat next to Matthew McConaughey for a while and that is that man just exudes charm. Mm-hmm. Just it is just like if you don't get it and you are lucky enough to see him in person, you'll get it. He's the mm-hmm. only guy I know that can wear a cowboy hat, like unironically. Yeah. Like and that is not like a cowboy kind of thing and just he and the thing too is like he's an actual fan like he's not yeah. just somebody that's like oh I'm doing this like he loves that like he was super passionate I think that was oh yeah the last one I covered was the uh, was the big shutout um that Texas had yeah like, uh, At the, uh, the one. or whatever yeah. I think We shut him out and he was ecstatic I think yeah. I could have pitched yeah. him then and he would have been like let's green light it right now like i am on cloud nine this is incredible so
0: i had the same uh feeling meeting will Farrell at the ou usc national title game it was uh the 04 season which would have made it i think the 05 orange bowl mm-hmm. and uh i you just kind of hope that when you actually have the encounter that what you hear about the person is true that a they're 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 it, the, the fandom is real uh they're not just you know they're, they're not just out uh, seeking a spotlight um and b that that if you hear someone is actually pretty reasonably cool dude, you'd like that to be the case, and it was with Farrell in 05, and it sounds like it was for you and McConaughey in in twenty two
1: yeah like the worst thing you want to know is that like the person you like admire enjoy their work is mm-hmm. just kind of a dick, like you don't want that to happen so right. You always are like, it's kind of interesting to see that. Um, One of the oddest things, it's not even a person. It's my dad has been a Patriots fan since he grew up in Springfield, Massachusetts. So he's been a Patriots fan for his entire life when they were terrible. Right. And I was leaving the first time I covered at Kansas State and Steve Grogan went to Kansas State.
0: Steve Grogan. uh, Yeah. uh, Patriots, Um, 70s. Yep.
1: My parents got married because my dad proposed, was going to propose to my mom. And when he went to go ask my grandfather for permission, the Bears were playing the Patriots in the Super Bowl. And um, my grandfather said, if the Bears win, you can ask my daughter as soon as you want. But if they lose, you have to wait till next Super Bowl.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but, if the, but if the Patriots win kind of thing. And so um, Steve Grogan not being a good quarterback in that game. I think that was him. It wasn't Tony Easton. But either way, I just like sent this photo to my dad. It's like, you know Steve Grogan went to Kansas State? And he just, a classic dad response of just, neat. And I was like, cool. <laughs> Awesome, Dad.
0: <laughs> That's cool. So, um, You've shot some golf. Having worked in Tulsa, that was going to happen eventually, right? That you might get yeah. a major mm-hmm. at Southern Hills. Uh, anything is entertaining following either Tiger or uh Rory or anyone in uh at uh at Southern Hills around as, as you've got to follow Mayfield Murray and Hertz around at OU or was it a different kind of
2: amazing
1: different kind of amazing um I love that golf is the last sport that you can smoke in and still be a professional athlete just let's let's just bring back ripping darts to all the sports I think that'd be great <laughs> um tiger was the most mania i ever saw for a player i missed jimmer and byu but when i was working in provo i was looking at those photos and it seemed like he was i guess a a godly being in provo which uh, i guess a white guy can be very easily there um so um i would say that with tiger it was crazy it was just like and tiger obviously is not the tiger that he once was and i think that was even like, people just wanted to be a part of it just so right. they could tell, like, their kids or their grandkids. I once saw greatness perform, even if it wasn't great. Right. Um, Rory was probably one of the nicest, most down to earth golfers, which has to be just a completely different stratosphere that you're living in. Um, so that was really kind of interesting. Um, but no, that whole, like, the, just that the major was just different. Golf is such a different animal where, like, football, you really feed off the energy. Of the crowd and you can that's how i kind of shoot i kind of you know using the crowd and the energy being like okay this is Mm -hmm. the moment trying to you know do that with golf it's almost like a a little bit like a thriller or a horror movie where it's like there's just like all this quiet and this anticipation it feels very like hitchcockian where it's like you're waiting for the gun shot and then yeah and then you know you it's just odd too because like i'm not a good golfer at all um i enjoy drinking and walking sometimes but golfing is just like not right. be my thing um and it's just fascinating to see how many people are watching this and then um how those decisions are still being like talked about because it's so heightened especially on that final day like when mito pulled out his driver you could just kind of feel in the crowd a little bit i was maybe 200 yards down the fairway i was I When he hits that ball in the water, I am standing next to the water. The marshal was like, did you see where it went? And I was like, yeah, it's in there. And I had this dream in my head. I'm like, oh, my God, I'm the only photographer here. They had quartered it off because I was there beforehand. They're going to let me shoot. Mito's going to get in this in this water. He's going to get in the drink, and he's going to, like, go rip a shot, and he's going to go win this tournament. Let's right. do this. Like, I'm going to get this amazing shot. And, like, Mito looks at it, and he looks at me. And he's like looks at his shoes and then he says something and they're like, all right, he's just going to take a drop. And I remember being like, Oh God, why? <laughs> like, let me have this. <laughs> all I want is for you to make an interesting photo. I think that's where I'm at in my career now is I don't cheer for teams as much. I cheer for photos. Yeah. So like, if something's cool enough, I say, let it happen. I mean, like yeah. just, that's cool. Like if somebody gives is an inch out of bounds, but they catch a want a pass on their finger. I'm like, call it a touchdown. Like, come on. Like, what are we doing here?
0: Is shooting the Raiders where you are in Vegas a lot different? Is shooting the NFL a lot different than shooting the yeah. Sooners in college football?
1: I mean, obviously, you have the limitations with the NFL having a union, and it's just a lot less people kind of on the side sidelines and stuff. It's the way it works. The Raiders are not that good. I think that's another thing, too. I think the NFL is in a weird situation where it's like we know we're like the three good teams, and then everyone else is just like, blunt. I mean, like as a Steelers fan, the chance that the, the fact that we could technically make the playoffs is an anomaly and a travesty. Um <laughs> So I would say that um yeah it's different the, the energy is really different Raiders are really interesting here in Lagas, Vegas I feel like from the from the very small amount of time that I've been in Vegas that people are very thankful that they have the team but they are the response to the Golden Knights and the Aces are so different because I feel mm-hmm. like not only have they been hyper successful but it feels like it's theirs like the Raiders moved and so a lot of these fans are still coming from Oakland and like the LA area like to come cheer them on and like with the knights that's all vegas born and bred. you're not having a lot of transplant fans for the vegas knights and same with the aces and so i think that there is just a little bit of that energy and the owners and the owners have like acknowledged that i covered them the vikings there was more vikings fans it felt like than raiders fans Mm -hmm. you know which makes sense vegas is this is what this city is it is a destination for most people who would you rather be in December, Minneapolis or Las Vegas? Uh, one of them will kill you with snow and the other one will kill you yeah. with a good time. So um, I think that's kind of the attitude here and stuff yeah. too. So it would have been really fascinating to see, you know, supposedly NBA is coming here. I think that's going to be a foregone conclusion. How like the created for Vegas is going to respond and kind of given to Vegas kind of thing, which mm-hmm. is why like the A's move kind of questions me a little bit. I understand all the dynamics and the financials. and. You know, those poor billionaires just need to make more money. God forbid. Um, so <laughs> you know, owning a baseball team is a struggle right. and not a gift that every eight-year-old boy dreams of. right? Um, so I think it's interesting. Like, I understand that if you want to move the team from Oakland or if you want to move it or something like and if you want to invest in Vegas, that's cool. But, like, yeah. I feel like if you're going to – and because Vegas now has kind of become the floodgates and probably, like, fastest-growing sports market would not you want to just set something original here? And that's what I would really be hoping for. So if anyone's interested in the Vegas dynamics, sports dynamics here in the city, um, in the, here on this Oklahoma-based podcast, uh, you know, yeah, reach out. It's cool.
0: Yeah, very cool. You know this already, but I want to share it with uh, listeners slash viewers anyway. My favorite sports shot of yours happened because I was standing next to you when you took it. It was of the OU Auburn. during in the OU Auburn WCWS series. Uh, mm-hmm. Play at the plate involving Kelsey Arnold she was safe. I think it was during that like seven run inning that, that OU put on Auburn in game two. I think they ended up losing the game. They lose
1: the game. game. Oh, I know they lose the game. So yeah, lost
0: the game, ended up winning the series in game three, but, um, didn't look like they were going to lose the time. You took the shot Kelsey Arnold on a squeeze. I think it was a squeeze bunt. Mm-hmm. slides home headfirst contorting her body to the left of home plate from where you were standing, which was next to me, which was on the roof of the stadium. Uh, like directly behind home plate. The catcher for Auburn is to the right of home plate contorting her body in an attempt to tag Arnold. Yeah. It didn't work, but the effort was still sublime. The picture was coup de gras.
1: Yeah. I feel like, uh, this job is preparation for luck. So, you know, like the way this would work is just a quick backstory. You only have so much sunlight that's going to hit that plate for a certain amount of time. Um, I have been talking to you about this. I think, uh, this was the second World Series I had covered, um, um O U N, and so I was like, no, it was the maybe it was the second. So I was like, hey, you know this, and one of the Oklahoma photographers, Nate Billings, had told me that you could get to the roof of the stadium by climbing up this ladder that was in the middle of a concession stand <laughs> that was like covered in like grease from the Reagan administration. Which is my favorite way to shoot. I always like shooting in these kind of oddly dangerous little bit situations and stuff. So you'd climb up and then you'd go through like an attic and you'd climb again. And I was telling you about it and you're like, can I join you? And I was like, yeah, I need someone to actually lift my camera up. Like my 300, if you could do that, that'd be great. So we go to do that. And we're sitting there and back at the old USA Stadium, I think that's what it's called. Um, they Before they did the redesign, you could just set cameras up there. ESPN mm-hmm. had not bought the rights to it. And you could just sit there, and there would always be some workers there and stuff. And like where you are, like if they hit a foul ball that went straight up, like it could hit you on the roof, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And so you have to play this weird guessing game of not only do I have to, the moment has to happen, but it has to happen while I'm here, and the moment also has to happen where the light is nice. And so OU's put, kind of putting up some runs. There's a runner on third, and in the back of your head, you're like, okay, third base isn't really the best place for that runner to be because if it's a pass ball. that can be the way they can score to slide. But nine times out of 10, they're going to score standing up, which is not that exciting. Yeah. But then, like, what feels like a weird, like, matrix slowing down time, like, I, like, heard some, I heard the third baseman, I think, from Auburn yell squeeze. And I'm like, oh, that would be great. And then I see the batter bunt. And I'm like, oh, that'd be even better if she could lay down a good bunt. She lays down the bunt, and I see, like, dirt pop up. So I'm like, it hit the ground. So it's going to at least not be caught. Right. And I'm like, man, it would be crazy if she slid. And then like, this is all happening in like three seconds and you just see the slide. And then I knew I, it's also that moment of like, did I not mess this up? Like I saw a flash of bright yellow. So I'm like, oh, the balls in the shot, which is really hard in those kind of in baseball and softball to get the ball also kind of clean. Mm-hmm. Um and in my head, I'm like, just please be in focus. Please be in focus. Like, just for the love of God, mm-hmm. be in focus. Mm-hmm. And I remember, like, I got it, and then you were next to me, and I usually am not this guy when I get something, but I was like, I'm, like, dumbfounded. This is the image. Like, this is great. This might be the best image I've shot in a long, long, long time. So then uh, Katie McInerney used to work at the, for the Tulsa World. She's now at the Boston Globe. I, she just got married to my best friend, Mark Cooper. Me and Katie have a tattoo. She's one of my favorite people in the entire world i got like a screaming match with katie because like over text because katie's like we can't run this photo of them scoring because they lost do you have anything of dejection and it was like a game one that they lost or game two or something so game, it wasn't like a deciding. game two yeah I remember yeah, that it was, it was a game two because the day before i didn't get anything from up there so it wasn't like the deciding game they started right. back and i just remember texting katie and all caps being like this might be the best photo i've ever taken please run this and we ran it big and she like looked back on it and she's like, yeah, you're right. And I'm like, I listen, she knows design. Katie, my time working with Katie at the world was amazing. She made my stuff look incredible. Yeah, no doubt. All of us look good. Hyper talented, incredibly yeah. talented human being. Um, and I just remember like getting that photo, but yeah, like that's really cool. And what was cool and always I loved working with you and a lot of guys on the sports side, is you guys had a general curiosity in what made me tick. Like I've never had a reporter go up and like stand next to me to shoot. In a way that wasn't just like, "Hey, can you photograph this guy?"
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Like you did it in a way that was like, "I'm not going to tell you what to do. I just want to experience." And that meant a lot because, mm-hmm. like, I was young in my career, yeah. and you had were extremely talented. And still, you were extremely talented. Not so yeah, much. I, like, I
0: lost you. it somewhere along the way. Yeah, you
1: lost it. Uh, no, you still are. And um, it's just one of those things where it felt nice to be like, "Wow, this guy wants to be a part of something, and not be a. He wants to be a part of it. He doesn't want to be." Mm-hmm influencing it or deciding it. And you never tell that story in a way that's like, um, you tell it like as an observer, which means a lot because I feel like a lot of times, especially as a photographer, you can feel like the redheaded stepchild in the newsroom. That's right. And it's very easy for you to be like, oh no, I was up there and like, I knew what was going to happen and make it a very I story, but you make it a very Ian story, which has an I in it, I guess. But um, no, you did it in a way. And that just, that meant a lot. That was really cool and stuff. And just to see that, but like, that's my favorite thing about photography is when you're right and something forms together. And then, The worst feeling is when that happens and you look down and you're like, shit. Mm-hmm. I messed this up. Mm-hmm. And then like you, there's that dread that every photographer's felt where it's like, why do I do this for a living? Why am I getting paid yeah. money to do this? So yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, no, yeah. here's, yeah, here's the deal. Um, you come in, in and I've always looked at it this way in your profession, your work speaks for you. I mean, you, I, I can form words around, quotes right and and plays from games I, I can i can sort of you know bells and whistles that kind of thing you you guys you, your work is the shot right i yeah. mean there's not where <laughs> you can't you can't dress up uh uh something that doesn't come out quite right um mm-hmm. just like you can't uh gussy up you know or or, or mud up something that, that that looks look perfect it's the work and so um it it, it leaves you in a position of being sort of anonymous, and it shouldn't be that way because uh, as long as I worked with you, uh, everything you and Mike Simons and Stephen Pingry and, and others who, uh, who shot photos, Matt Bernard, uh, all the years that I, that I wrote columns and covered the Sooners for the Tulsa World, just enhanced what I did, right? And people need to understand that that's, it, it, you're, you're in the enhancement business. Same as Katie was when she was our editor, right?
1: Yeah, but I think that like there's an anonymity behind that that like photographers kind of support um a little bit. There is a sense of like, you know, my mom is now that I'm doing more national work, I'm doing a lot of work with like Getty and AP, my work is being put pushed out a lot more. And so my mom will be like, You were featured in the San Francisco Chronicle. And I'm like, Yeah, that's kind of what my job was. My job was to they they didn't send anybody, so like I have to be here kind of thing. That's like what the AP's job is. But like it means a lot saying that because I felt like for a long time, especially like you're doing this stuff and I like you wonder, like, am, am I the only person that understands how good this photo is? Am I mm-hmm. real, like, is am I shooting? You know, there's like a term for comedians of like a com- com- comedian's comedian kind of thing. Am I a photographer's photographer kind of thing? Is this the only like, is this? But it meant a lot. One of the biggest, one of the nicest things I can remember, and I'll be honest, when I left Tulsa, that was tough was um, a lot of the high school families. There was a woman named Mary Leibert that I. Um, I was shooting an FC Tulsa game and she starts screaming, she's like, Ian, Ian. And I was like, who has got my name? Oh, she's talking to me. And I thought like she was trying to like heckle me or something. And she said, you took a photo of my son saving a goal to beat union in the state championship when he played for jinx. And you got a photo of me and my daughter hugging him. And Mm -hmm. I have that photo framed in my office. Wow. And Mary and I texted, had texted for a while and she would be like, are you going to be at this? Every time I'd see her at a jinx game, she was like, uh, she'd see me at a soccer game. She'd be like, oh please. And it was really heartbreaking because I shot an FC Tulsa game after I'd been laid off. And she's like, are you going to come cover state like the playoffs? And I was like, I was laid off. And she like sent me a message that was like, I just sent a very aggressive voicemail to the Tulsa world about laying you off. How could they <laughs> do that kind of thing? And I was like, listen, it's a financial decision Yeah, yeah, is what it is. Um, but those are the moments that meant the most to me. I had a photo of a dad when I was state upset. Um, oh, Oklahoma. There's always a little corner. That's always like the visiting fans and this dad mm-hmm. is hugging his son mm. and everything. And that dad reached out to me and was like, you have no idea how cool this was at this photo oh. that got picked up and saw cause like, you know, everyone has that story. And yeah, I think that's why I enjoy sports is just that like, the lows are low but again it's still losing a game in the nfl or losing the super bowl kind of thing you know yeah um which is like that's a really that's a pretty high basement um yeah and the highs are just incredible and it just comes down to me like i don't know like my parents drove me to practice i remember when my mom when i pinned a kid in wrestling or you know we won a game in football how that made them feel and stuff and as i get older and i've got you know younger cousins my younger cousin just started wrestling and you know, he's doing better than I thought he was going to be. It's his first year wrestling. Wrestling's is a very tough sport to just jump into in high school. And yeah. he's doing okay with it. And I was like, that's awesome, man. Like, way yeah. to go. And just that pride and that joy. And that's what I've always wanted to kind of like bring out of that. So, yeah. yeah.
0: Well, this is a season. And uh, the gift that Ian Maul gave his readers, uh, Tulsa World readers, for eight years was his photographs. Uh, and mm-hmm. I mean that sincerely. This is not corny. It's not cheesy. It's real. And the gift I gave myself for this holiday season was having Ian on my show to talk about it. Something I've been meaning to do since we launched the forum, uh, to be honest. I'm glad I got a chance to bring him on so that he can enlighten you guys as well as to what he's been about for a number of years. Continues to crank out great work in Las Vegas. I wish he was still here with us in, in Oklahoma, but uh, we got to spread that gift, I guess, because that's, that's the, uh, the reason, uh, the idea behind the season as well. Thanks to Jacqueline Musgrove for producing, as always. Michael Lane, our creator director, Michael Martin, behind the scenes for his, his help, his work. Thank you to all of you for tuning in. We know that you don't have to do so. There are a lot of forums out there, a lot of podcasts, and a lot of uh, written media outlets as well to, to digest every week that you donate time and energy to sell that crowd. That's a gift to us, and we appreciate it. We'll be back in two weeks. I think I'm off next week because we're going to be at the uh, Speaking of OU football in the postseason. I'm off at the Alamo Bowl watching the Sooners play Arizona, but we'll come back in two weeks. Do another show. Have a little more fun together. In the meantime, stay warm, stay happy, and happy holidays to you all.